So I haven't heard this yet. This song has one billion plays on Spotify in 20 countries. It's a global sensation. Okay. Odd singer. Get to the hook. It does. The hook's got to be fantastic. We'll get there in a second. Keep it going. It's called Dance Monkey. Billion plays in a short amount of time. It went from a song performed on the street to one of the greatest global sensations in music history. Here we go. Dance for me, dance for me, dance for me. Dance for me, dance for me, dance for me. I officially do not get pop music. We still have Uncle Jay saying, I'm not going to be your dancing monkey. Okay, much so, less a billion times. So she said, dance for me, dance for me. Does she say dance monkey at some point? Uh, at some point, she says, I've been dancing like a monkey my whole life. Okay. That's the only, oh. that's the only okay. uh, primate reference in the, in the as, song. As a fan of monkeys, I was hoping uh, more monkey-related lyrics. She is uh, <laughs> she is of Australian, uh, she's Australian-born. Uh, I think that explains somewhat of the, the quirky pronunciations of the accent of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I will also say that if... This she seems like a phenom that could only exist in the internet era of songs because she does not look like you would think a pop singer right. would look like. Yeah, here's, here's a picture of her. She's a very average looking girl. Yeah, but yeah. you're which is that that's cool because you have to look like Ariana Grande. You have to look like one of the hottest people on the planet to have. Uh, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, one Can thing, you imagine if we demanded that of our painters? Oh boy, or you our go, movie directors and it'd you, be idiotic. Well, sure. And if you yeah. go backward in music. Uh, God, there's a lot of giant hit uh, songs, records, albums, acts that are historic that wouldn't have been attractive enough in the modern era. I think yes, that, I think that song hit number one in thirty different countries. That's amazing. Um, I'd like to know: Did she make there's no counting for taste? Did she make two dollars? <laughs> yeah, I a wonder. Billion plays. I'd like to know how much money she made. I do not know, sir. She might have made three dollars and seventy-five cents off of that. Anyway. Because your nightclub singers, your entertainers, have always had to be hot. Oh, sure. That's always been true. Live entertainment. But music, well, I don't want to get into it. I'm not going to geek out on you. You don't want to hear that. You want to hear presidential trivia. Presidential on President's Day? What could be more appropriate? Before we get to who's going to be the next president, Joe's got presidential trivia. Uh, how about this? Abraham Lincoln, a man of perseverance. Before his election as the 16th president, he failed as a businessman, a storekeeper, and a farmer. Loser! Failed in his first attempt to become a speaker of the uh, the assembly in Illinois. Failed first attempt it, uh, to run for Congress. He, he failed in an appointment for the U.S. Uh, land office. He lost that one. He failed in his first run for the U.S. Senate. Failed to not pick a crazy wife. And when friends sought him for the nomination for the VP in 1856, he didn't get it. Failed over and over again, but would not stop trying. By God, that is why he's one of my heroes. My favorite, one of my favorite scenes. Why would this be my favorite scene out of a Lincoln biography that is exhaustive? But he, um, uh, there's a scene, Mary Todd, his wife, was, uh, was a handful. Yeah, she was a quirky gal. Yeah. Emotionally uh, um, uh, unbalanced, possibly actually mentally ill, but who knows? Yeah. But anyway. Well, she certainly was prone to severe fits of depression, which is a shame. Yeah. She might have said you would be, too, if you were married to him. 
So, wow, what what is this divorce court? Well, I just you know I, I've I've heard these stories. So. Yes. Um, uh, but there's a scene in the in the great Burlingame biography about Lincoln where he comes. Somebody saw him come out of his house. And he slams the gate to their their picket fence around the house. Yeah, and yells something about if I have to burn it. I just picturing that human quality. Oh yeah, in Abe Lincoln as opposed to the statue, you know, looking wisely over America. Of course, um, just the yeah. goddamn my wife <laughs> slamming the gate. Can't take another damn crazy bee. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, that's something. Who's going to be the next president, Joe? Uh, just one look at these, uh, the polls, polls. Donald Trump. Which polls? What all polls? of them. All of them. Okay. okay. Is there any point in looking at polls? They're no. not that accurate. No. They're especially not accurate with caucuses. Right. But it is interesting that the most recent poll out of Nevada, Mayor Pete's in fifth place. <whistles> fifth. 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 Wow. That, yeah, bring, that brings back some of the chuckleheads everybody's figured is done. Like Liz Warren and company, right? Liz Warren ahead, Tom Steyer's ahead, Joe Biden's Steyer's ahead. ahead? Yeah. Well, he's spent a gazillion dollars in Nevada. Okay. That's been his billionaire play, is okay. to spend a gazillion dollars in Nevada. But um, Amy Klobuchar and Pete are way down there at the top by quite a bit, Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders wins Nevada. You really got to start to, I mean, anybody who's holding off <laughs> on calling him the front runner, and some people are, I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Uh, you really got to call him the front runner then, don't you? They're holding off because they're terrified their party will lose every state. And they're right to be terrified. I mean, I'm not saying it's a certainty, but it's a hell of a likelihood. And there's an article out today that says the Nevada caucus might be a disaster. Nevada caucus volunteers are worried that the apps uh, aren't going to be ready to go because they're using the same apps that Iowa used, and they're supposed to be a replacement, but they say they're not out there yet or having trouble getting them downloaded to the phone, et cetera, et cetera. So oh, you boy. Have, you could have another one of those. Whatever. I'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not that concerned. Super Tuesday, I think, is the one to set your sights on, mm-hmm. unless you're just obsessed with this stuff. Okay. If you if you like the idea of billionaires buying the presidency now, what? I just, Apparently, Joe's in the pocket of something. I wish I was. <laughs> yeah, okay. how, how do I get nice and comfy? How there? do I get in the pocket of something? In the Billy, uh, the pocket of billionaires? Yes, please. I uh, pharmaceutical companies or uh, whatever. I don't care. I stand ready to be uh, bribed, paid, whatever. How far would you go? You got to have limits, right? Oh, do I? Yeah. Do I? <laughs> well, let's try. Let's let's find out. Well, that reminds me. So, did you know it's a hot thing for uh, for musicians to um, do private shows for rich people? Yes, I was. I just became aware of this a couple of years ago. Really? Yeah, yeah. I, uh, Especially, I don't know that you have to be rich, rich, but it it helps. Yeah. Well, yeah. The super rich. Depends you, how big a, a yeah, an act we're talking about. The super rich yeah. have. Yeah, we all found this out a couple of years ago when it turned out like Mariah Carey and uh, Beyonce and stuff had done these. Concerts for 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 royal princes, you know, some horrifying people in the Middle East and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us didn't know that was going on. But on the lower level, there's all kinds of acts that, like, if they aren't big acts that you know that you and your buddies might be able to get together some money and hire them sure. to come play your house. But anyway, Especially if you have your friends, uh, you know, buy tickets for 25 50 bucks a pop. This guy I really like named Jason Isbell, um, he bought a, a new guitar uh, a couple of weeks ago. He bought a... I think he paid $300,000 for Ed King's Les Paul that he played with Leonard Skinner. Ah. 
Um, and, he got it, and, he liked it. And, he, and he said, he said he called his accountant and said, can I buy this as car? And his accountant said, forget about it. That's crazy. That's crazy. He called his manager and he said, book a bunch of birthday parties. Book, book birthday parties. No Saudi sheiks. No, like, drug dealers, but right. anything else I'm willing to do. No blood so pay diamond for magnates. So I guess you got to, yeah, those yeah. people are out there willing to be. We could be in their pocket, but I wouldn't do that. Well, but, there are not a lot of musicians. Given the economics of music at this point, and I've had this conversation with, with acts you would know, um, the idea that I'm going to turn down $1,000 cash to go play, you know, 45 minutes at some guy's house. No, I'm not. I'm showing up with my sure. guitar. Sure. Yeah, have some nice uh, iced tea for me. And I'm ready to go. Then why not? Why not? You like playing music, presumably. It's why you do it. So yeah. I've actually considered doing that. Um, you, but I don't play, want people hiring somebody home. or hiring you play? somebody. Oh, okay. Yeah, nobody wants me to play at their mm-hmm. birthday party. They might. What do you? You want to have a bad birthday? Sad birthday? <laughs> Sad birthday to you. <laughs> now oh, I don't know. My songs are good, but uh, so uh, listen. Speaking of billionaires and that sort of thing, I uh, I enjoyed this tweet by uh, some uh, Bernie fan. Here's the scenario. You have $500 in the bank. You spend $2.75 on a subway swipe. Okay? Or, you know, whatever. Your your rapid transit system of choice. Oh, I I was thinking the sandwich. Okay. Right. Now, what's a subway swipe? Is that like the half sandwich (laughs) with the cheese? Oh, okay. Can I get the meatball marinara on that? A, A billionaire, on the other hand... Uh, who will remain nameless, Bloomberg, has $64 billion in the bank and spends $350 million on TV ads bragging about how good a mayor they were. You have spent more of your wealth on that subway ticket than the billionaire has. That's interesting. If you have $500 in the bank. It is. At this guy's Which point is a lot is, of Americans. This, oh, yes, it is. Uh, this guy's point is that there should be no billionaires and you should vote for Bernie. I'm not sure what the hell that has to do with it. I don't. uh, If Bloomberg invented something that people wanted billions of dollars worth, he should have billions of dollars. What was he supposed to do? The guy with $500 in the bank, uh, I I wish him a pleasant ride on the subway. The people that shouldn't be billionaires, they were supposed to get, well, I guess the tax, the the government's supposed to take it. That's the idea, right? Above a certain level, the government's supposed to get it all. You don't need anymore. You realize that Bloomberg, Bill Gates, whoever, they would have stopped doing what they were doing. They would have never gotten all those billions of dollars. They would not have bothered to create it. No, they would Although, have just quit. Why would you keep going? If I was going to make a counter-argument, I'd say, well, once you build Microsoft, it's going to continue to crank out money. Although Bill would probably, you know, somehow gear it so that his money went elsewhere yeah. within the corporation. Um, it's it's uh, the, To argue the merits of the idea is to miss the point that the government get, doesn't get to make that decision. Shouldn't, can't, it's horrific, it's terrible, deciding how much of everything everybody ought to have. That There's a name for that, and it ends badly every single time. But I do appreciate that uh, that metaphor. So baseball season is kind of getting underway. Pitchers and catchers reported and all that sort of stuff. And opening day is usually around uh, the 1st of April. So yeah, spring training games start in just a few days. And uh, this might be a weird season, as you have the World Series champ from a couple of years ago and World Series participant from last year that may have been cheating. This, this quite possibly is way bigger than the Black Sox scandal. Hmm. It's certainly as big. And that people have been talking about that for 100 years. Um, uh, a little more on that as it, as it has erupted in recent days. Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. 
the day after it happens, one of the most uh, dramatic home runs in uh, baseball history. Yep. Ranks up there. Senate Little Jose Altuve stands four foot three. The stock in feet. Walk-off home run sends you to the World Series, and if you remember, now this is not sports-related. This is, well, it is sports-related, but it's not X's and O's. you got to be a sports vendor. Cheating is universal, I think. So anyway, when he comes around third base, you might remember the story. He did this weird, he kept pulling at his jersey thing. And then you could read his lips, don't pull off my jersey. And then afterwards when he was interviewed, then he runs into the tunnel, switches into a T-shirt, comes out, does the post-game interview, and the guy asks him, why didn't you want to take your jersey off? And he said, oh, last time my, my wife said I shouldn't take my jersey off. Well, since then, and it has really erupted in recent days, the story that he and other players were wearing buzzers underneath their jersey. They got away from the whole trash can banging on the trash can to cheat. Right. To give signals. They were wearing a buzzer. And he had a buzzer underneath his jersey. There are some pictures that claim to show a lump, but I don't know, the way fabric wrinkles and everything like that. I remember Hillary allegedly had a catheter that you could see under her pants. What? It was a little weird that a guy hit one of the most dramatic home runs in the history of the sport. And his main thought coming around third base was... Don't don't take off my jersey. Don't take off my jersey. Yeah. It just seems a little weird. Then he heads to the tunnel, changes into a T-shirt, comes back out and does his interviews. It's that a little is, strange. That is odd. Um, so... Bluetooth buzzers. They're thinking, well, I heard the commissioner of baseball saying, look... So, uh, anyway, the point okay. is they were cheating last year, too. Right. They cheated in... They're not even denying they cheated in 2017 anymore. I mean, that's... And 18, that's, right? Uh, yeah. But right. to win the World Series in 2017... Right, yeah. Um, they cheated, and they're not denying that because if they do deny it, then they're in legal trouble. As long as nobody lies, that's what the, the they've decided. As long as they, nobody lies, they're not going to be prosecuted. They granted the players immunity so that they'd be honest. Right. Right. But were they cheating last year with buzzers under their jerseys? Well, why would they stop? Having been so successful in 2017 and 2018, why would they spontaneously stop cheating? So the team did a damage control press conference last week. This is an attempt to... Uh, put us all behind us and move on for the season. You had two players, Altuve and others, went up there for like 15 seconds and said, uh, yeah, we're going to try really hard. We're sorry we did that. And then walked off. And then everybody thought, what, what the hell was that? And then the owner said this. Didn't impact the game. Um, we had a good team. Um, we won the World Series. It's hard to determine how it impacted the game, if it impacted the game, and that's where we're going to leave it. <laughs> that was the worst press conference ever. <laughs> That's hilarious. I don't know that it impacted the game. Uh, we had a good team. We won the World Series. That's where we're going to leave it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Was your purpose to make it worse or better? Because it's not clear Oh, boy. And so that was really not met well. In, Is uh, he like a third-generation rich guy who's inbred or something? How could you? How could you be successful at anything and think that was going to be okay? And not make it worse. That's ridiculous. That was horrible. I felt like it had kind of died down, but they did that press conference, and now every team and investigator and everybody's coming out after them. Now, the commissioner of baseball 
says he doesn't believe the buzzer story because they granted immunity to the players and they admitted to all sorts of stuff. But then they asked him about the buzzer and they said, no, no, that's not true. Well, here's the problem with cheating and lying, uh, young people out there. Once you get caught doing it, uh, everything's suspect going forward. People start to think of you as a lying cheater. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. Last year I was cheating and, uh, and, and completely covering it up. This year I'm not. We just got tired of cheating, so we stopped spontaneously. Now, this year I don't think they will be. I would assume so. but Or, or at least they'll go back to the old-fashioned kind of quote-unquote steal well cheating i almost said cheating but stealing signs i love that little altuve and i and i believed him and then i had to think how many steroid abusers did i believe i thought there's no way this person's lying they're too they're too adamant they're just looking us in the eye and saying then turned out they were sure they were just flat out lying so he might be at stake he might be flat out lying too i have no idea yeah already at uh, spring training people have been uh, hooted and uh and heckled the astros and their practices uh, I expect a good season full of that. Now, some of the guys have left to go to other teams. Let's get a full uh, listing of those people and where they play now so they can be heckled in the appropriate park. Because the uniform didn't cheat. The people did. If um, the uh, if these guys who are still on the Astros, they end up with a 1 for 20, that's going to be a bad start. Oh, yeah, you're right about that. <laughs> The Armstrong and Getty Show. Is our longest war coming to an end? The war in Afghanistan, whatever it is we are fighting for or have been for the last 20 years. So there are a couple of headlines out today. The Afghan President Ghani said we are on the same page with the Taliban and the U.S. It's all come together. Uh, reports that by the end of the month, the Taliban say they're going to sign a peace deal with the United States. And uh, I don't see your Taliban leader is saying that. I don't, know what, I don't know what happens at that point. There has been an agreement, a reduction in violence agreement. Remember, we were close last time. The Taliban blew up some people and then Trump called it off. Mike Lyons joins us. Mike is a military analyst for CBS News, having served with various military organizations in both the United States and Europe throughout his career, as well as uh, Operation Desert Shield and Desert Storm. Mike, how are you, sir? Hey, good morning, guys. Great to be back with you. Thank you. Uh, What is your take, your reaction to the recent news? Yeah, I think it's worth trying very clearly with uh, this uh, situation. New cast of characters on the U.S. side. Uh, New general officer there, Scott Miller, four-star community Afghan troops now a little, little over a year, uh, as well as Secretary Esper and, and Secretary Pompeo. And they want to get this done from the Trump's perspective, from the Trump administration's perspective, from a campaign promise. But I think what they've laid out in this infrastructure is worth trying. Um, it's definitely structured uh, in that, uh, the, you know, the seven days of, of no violence and then signing a deal by the end of the month here. But then the clock is going to start for another 135 days, and that's to get down to this troop level of 8,600. I think that's the key sticking point from the Taliban's perspective. If they don't think that the reduction is taking place, then they can walk away from the deal anytime. time. Um, and, and we have to consider this has really been going on longer than 20 years in Afghanistan. It's a... A 40-year war, you know, in the beginning you said, you know, kind of why are we fighting there? And, and in some ways, we've been in Afghanistan to prevent another 9-11. We've been using it as a way to make sure um, that, uh, that terrorist organizations don't uh, reformulate. Well, 
you know, the bottom line is, unfortunately, there's been about 11,000 civilians killed, about 3,000 children killed every year. So in our effort to prevent another 9-11, we create another 9-11 every year in Afghanistan for the amount of children that are killed there. What is uh, what is being asked of the Taliban? What have they promised? So they are being asked to put their weapons down. They want uh, to be part of the political process. Uh, the question is whether the Taliban controls all of the fighters within their organization. It's still very tribal. They're also asked not to harbor al-Qaeda. They're also asked to continue to... Um, uh, make sure we've got uh, no safe havens along that Pakistan-Afghan border. We're going to put pressure on the Pakistan government there as well. But um, the Taliban also demand to be part of the new government, and it means restoring some Islamic uh, tr- traditions to what uh, how Afghanistan is run, which is really code for uh, possibly some you know human rights violations, and women are not going to get the same number of you know level of rights, let's say that uh, you'd seen in a Western democracy. So those are going to be some sticking points when the time comes. We just have to see if they can work through them. And then, how long do we enforce that after we uh, after we get down to whatever number of troops we got to get down to? I, I just can't imagine any political will for sending troops back if they violate things a year from now. Right. And that's the and that's the issue is that the Taliban can just very quickly um, rearm to uh, once we get to eighty six hundred, then the clock starts again to virtually withdraw all those troops. Let's say keep a small footprint there, you know, two hundred and fifty or something like that. But there's concern that the the Taliban can just go ahead and and remilitarize, so to speak. So part of the process means they've got to disarm, and that's got to be shown and proven, and you know, weapons turned in, all those kinds of things. You know, so again, the war's been going on for forty years. Uh, this is the 31st anniversary of the Soviets leaving, there's still an area that's awash at weapons, and weapons continue to come in to support the Taliban based on um, their connections throughout the world. So it's complex. I think this is going to take two years. This is not going to be something that Trump is going to be able to wave, you know, wave a flag at Election Day and say, we've got peace in Afghanistan. It's going to be two years. It's going to be similar to what we, what we saw in the, in the accords that, uh, for the IRA to put their weapons down in Northern Ireland to make that a peaceful location. Military analyst Mike Lyons on the phone. Mike, this is the classic example, isn't it, of a, a situation where you have a series of unpalatable to awful choices. There is no happy outcome to this. There's no victory. No, and, and what Afghanistan might end up looking like is a country that uh, people will lose freedoms, and we're going to have to you know, kind of tolerate and stomach that. Uh, it'll be perceived to be safer, let's say, but uh, they won't have the same level of, let's say, democracy and things that we would hold dear to ourselves. Um, if if we can convince ourselves that uh, we don't need to use that as a footprint in order to fight counterterrorism, if they can participate in that process, that's a good thing. Again, preventing another 9-11 was the original mission of going there. Um, so, again, you, you wrap all those things together, though. Afghanistan likely, historically, will prove to be that um, place where you know, empires go as a graveyard, and, uh, and nothing will really change. Mike Lyons, military analyst for CBS News. Mike's, uh, Mike, thank you for the thoughts, and uh, we'll talk again soon. Right, guys. Happy President's Day. Take thank care. you. You too. Appreciate it. So nobody pays attention to Afghanistan while we've got soldiers dying. Mm-hmm. You going to tell me that after we leave, their government falls apart or something, and that's going to make the news and there's going to be some political will to do something? Nobody cares when our people are dying. Right. Certainly nobody's going to care when their people are dying. Well, and there are horrors going on in the hinterlands anyway, against women particularly, and girls and unbelievers and, and whomever else they, they choose to persecute. Of course, that describes a lot of countries around the world. Sure.
Yeah, it's, 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 it's an ugly, the world is a big, ugly place, except for uh, a number of very nice pockets of reasonableness. That's Western civilization that a lot of uh, uh, you know college-age snowflakes and their professors are trying to tell you is a bad thing. I didn't feel They're like, idiots. That's the technical term. I didn't feel like drilling down. There's probably an answer, but Mike Lyons saying uh, as long as they don't harbor al-Qaeda. There's like 15 countries harboring al-Qaeda, and we put up with it. Yeah. As long as, and they might go back to not giving women their rights. Yeah, we're allies with a whole bunch of countries that don't give women any rights. Whatever. Because they're helpful. Yeah. Yeah, no, whatever is a little dismissive. I'm not, I can't say whatever, but. We can't act like point. it's a red line, though. No, it's not. Of course it isn't. Do we have any more President's Day trivia? It is President. You know, Mike Lyons reminded me by saying happy President's Day. Do we have any President's, President's Day. Day trivia? Are you, are you kidding? Idiot. I was up all night. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I, uh,. I ask you to consider Lyndon Baines Johnson, the only president to take the oath of office from a female official, Judge Sarah T. Hughes. Now that's trivial. Well, God, I'd say. Yes. Harry S. Truman used to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning to do what, Jack? Polish his beagle. No. Now he practiced the piano for two hours. Oh, cool. Isn't that something? Yeah. That's amazing. Two hours. And finally... Was he pretty good? Uh, yeah, yeah, he could play. I've heard him play. You practice two hours every day. You ought to be pretty good. Heck yeah. His, his uh, daughter famously was a musician who got a terrible review from, I think it was the Washington Post. And Harry, the, the president, wrote them a letter and said, if I ever have the, the distinct displeasure to run into you, I'm going to blacken both your eyes. <laughs> Combative little fellow. And finally this, Jack. Miller Trump said that. Well... He probably has. Millard Fillmore refused an honorary degree from Oxford University because he felt he had, quote, neither literary nor scientific attainment. So don't give me a degree. I don't deserve one. Good for him. Yeah. I don't know much about Millard Fillmore, but he just went up in my uh, estimation. It's like Bob Dylan not showing up for his Nobel Prize. You know, a yeah, lot. I got the plans, dinner plans that day, night. What day? Yeah, that's the day. A lot of these also ran presidents that we don't even, you know, don't pay any attention to when we mock. It has a lot to do with the times that they were president and people didn't freaking talk about who was president all no, the time. It wasn't that important. God, think what percentage of the country in, in, in the, you know, got to pick a period because civil war obviously is, a, is an outlier, but what percentage of the country early 1900s never mentioned the president's name once the entire year? Nobody in their home. I'll bet it'd be a lot. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It absolutely was not on a daily basis. Much, you know, nor nor weekly or probably monthly. Might come up once in a while, but no, you wouldn't care. The government wasn't that involved in your life, for one thing. And for another, Congress passed the laws and wrote the budgets and the rest of it, and the president was the executive. He wasn't the, the all-powerful king that we've made him. And I don't mean this president. I mean just the, the presidential authority has grown in every administration for the last, you know, 12 um, which I don't think is particularly healthy, but <clears throat> it is what it is. But here's some good news. There's more presidential trivia on the way. <laughs> that is good news. Oh, hey, Michael, make it so I can play some audio. This happened at uh, Bernie's... Uh, please. I'm sorry, that was very rude. I'm treating you like a servant or something. I apologize for that. I apologize for my tone. Uh, this happened at Bernie's rally uh, the other day. This is uh, what comes when you build a coalition of children and nut jobs and snowflakes. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Bernie, I'm your biggest supporter, and I'm here to ask you to stop propping up the dairy industry and to stop propping up animal agriculture. I believe in you. And they cut the mic. 
So, uh, uh, Chiquita, one of the people up on stage uh, supporting old Bernie, grabs the microphone and demands he stop propping up the dairy industry. Stu. Okay. So she was topless when she got up there, or did she take off her shirt when she got up there? She was clothed. There were two others who seemed to be involved in the protest that followed her up that were topless, and then yeah, good. pouring uh, stuff from milk cartons onto themselves as a demonstration. Of on their breasts? Uh, over their heads, and then, yeah. If you're watching Bernie, the video, just keep the video going. Yeah, it ends. Oh, no, it doesn't. All right, there she is. She is, she is bit top. Oh, now she's shouting into the mic, although there's Bernie. He walks off to the side, looking annoyed, waiting, biding his time, the people behind him chuckling. There she uh, has the microphone wrestled away from her. And she's still wearing a shirt in this. The the one speaking oh. never takes her time. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. there's, gotcha. there's a butch-looking gal with a picture of a cow on a poster. It's not clear to me whether she's clothed or not, and the video ends. Mm. So that's all right. I don't uh, particularly want to see their breasts anyway. Very exciting. <laughs> so um, I ought to check in on the Harvey Weinstein trial, which is going to make a lot of news this week because it's going to the jury, and there's a decent chance he walks out of there a free man. And people who haven't been paying attention are going to say, what? But, um, man, I went through the, 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 the layout of the case yesterday, and... You you actually might be able to make the argument that if he ends up going to jail based on this, it's troubling. I hear you. That it's it's a little scary. Okay. So it's a um, a referendum on the Me Too movement. Also, we got a Utah man is accused of releasing rodents in hotel rooms to get free rooms. Oh boy, <laughs> that's, that's dirty pool. Something the uh, Houston Astros would do. Drill down. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. Form the Star Spangled Banner is acclaimed singer, songwriter, and ten-time Grammy winner from Chicago, Shaka Khan. Here we go. Oh, he's got to like this. How old is Shaka at this point? Seventy-five. Really? I, I don't know. I'm no oh, idea. Say, can you see? Sixty-six. Ooh, this is going to take an hour. Is this going to be the longest national anthem ever? That's all right. Not your faster Some ramparts. Twitter's going wild over this. That's why we're playing it. Whoa. Anybody hurt? All the Is this jazz? That our flag was still 
big finish. He's still going. that particularly gets credit for uh, uh, deciding that the more notes, the better? Uh, just in music in general or the national anthem? Yeah, in general. Because it became a thing, what, dozen, 15 years ago? Gosh, I don't know. Christina Aguilera was really big on it. I think Mariah Carey, when Mariah, she started oh, doing yeah. her big ranges, and the and she was good at it. So. It would be kind of interesting to take the time to go through that national anthem there and figure out how many notes... Because she would do oh individual notes yeah I mean twenty per word oh see can you say so that's you know probably a hundred and three how many she did yeah seven hundred and eighty yeah yeah <laughs> that's a lot and yeah. she's a good singer obviously but that's a still got it at age sixty six bringing it it was a little I, shouty at times but who am I to criticize I noticed in the Washington Post yesterday they had three different op ed pieces they ran on the Sunday Washington Post about why Bernie shouldn't be the nominee really three. I think that's like officially a drum beat. It's got to be, right? music. Wouldn't yeah. you? Yeah. Um, and I mean, they weren't, like, the headline wasn't no Bernie, but it was no radical policies won't drive election winning turnout, an argument why turnout's not going to be high if Bernie's mm-hmm. the nominee. Yeah. Democrats are wasting time fighting over policies the Senate will not pass, an argument on why discussing things that can actually happen is a bad idea. That's an anti-Bernie op-ed. Yes. Yeah. And well, then, that is absolutely his rap. He got nothing done in 30 years. And then a forget Iowa and New Hampshire, which when you get into the op-ed pieces about how it's not representative of the rest of the country and why Bernie winning those doesn't matter. Now, is that the too many white people argument, or is it uh, more nuanced than that? Both. Okay. Too, many, too many white people and too uh, too far left. Mm. Uh, and then Dan Balls with his piece in the Washington Post yesterday, for those of you in the predicting game, the Democratic nomination contest doesn't look like any from the past. Nope. And he goes through how, it, well, it doesn't look like any from the past. So any, you know, Clinton did this or Hubert Humphrey did that. N- none of those things matter. We're in a different world now. So who knows? Yeah, I saw a tweet just this morning. I was flipping around and they said uh, it should be illegal for a billionaire to buy an election. Now, this is the age of hyperbole, and you put everything as prejudicially as possible to win an argument in your own mind in Twitter. It's like, uh, you know, the Russians messed with our election as opposed to just kind of, you know, interceded in our campaigns and, and got involved in the messaging. But old uh, Bloomberg is not going to buy an election. He's going to buy lots and lots of advertising to let people know he's out there. And there is no solution for that that I can possibly see. That squares with the First Amendment. I think that's the most interesting thing going on with all the noise of all the different stuff. The most interesting thing going on. And if it turns out 
that if you are a billionaire and you can spend, well, you got to be a multi-billionaire. Oh, yeah. Because just being a billionaire, you can't spend. He has spent $400 million at this point. Already. Yes. Yeah, already. Yeah. And he's not, we're not even close to the, the, you know, the, the meat of the nomination thing, let alone running against Trump. But if it turns out you can become president if you got that kind of money, there's nothing special about his message either. No, not really. So no. it's just if you if you what does that mean? We've never had this scenario before. Right. What does that mean for politics? I don't know. And like you said, how would you stop it? You can't. Well, the problem is that the uh, the the checkbook to buy ra- it should be radio advertising. He's wasting his money on TV. Nobody watches TV anymore. Everybody knows that. Um, the boob tube, please for idiots. Idiot box. There's no good TV out there. Everybody's you know, talking about. You know what that. you call the radio? The genius box. Right. Sure you do. But anyway, it's the modern printing press. And I mean, picture a, a scenario where you know some. Uh, you know, government official would claim that Thomas Jefferson, his printing press runs too fast. He's got an advantage or he can afford more ink. And so the government goes there and wrecks his printing press, prevents them from printing out pamphlets saying up with Jefferson. That would be a horrific moment in our history. It never happened. You could do public financing. You could. It's worth discussing, perhaps. 